So when you get your wedding invitation, the ladies, you might have to take out that special dress from the uh, closet and put on those, those shoes that you haven't perhaps worn in a while. Hopefully it's still comfortable. The gentlemen, perhaps you're going to take out that collared shirt. Hopefully it's ironed. Find that outdated tie. Perhaps put on the suit that you haven't worn in a while. But did you remember to shine the shoes, guys? And if you did, let me know, because I've got a bunch of shoes that need to be shined. So when I showed up to Montreal, I met a young couple, and I said, nice to meet you to the gentleman. I said, nice to meet you to the lady. And I said, how long have you guys been going out together? And I think they said like three or four years. And then I looked at the guy and I said, so when are you gonna ask her to marry you? And she said, thank you, Father. <laughs> and then he said, ah, come on, Father. And so over a few months, he did propose to her. Now, I said to them during marriage prep, please don't be surprised on the wedding day. It is so important. It's a beautiful sacrament. You're getting married together before God with God. And I said, but don't be surprised that there's going to have something go wrong. Okay? I always tell the couples that. Don't be surprised if, if something goes wrong. Just think about all the happiness and the graces you're going to get. And so... Wedding day came, hot summer day in Montreal, mm -hmm. humidity really high. She didn't show up on time. And she's the only person, madame, that ever gave me a schedule for the wedding day. Father, this is your wedding schedule. Every 20 minutes was organized. She was um, a manager uh, in an advertising firm. She was, you know, very organized. And so when she didn't show up, when she said she'd show up, I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's all fine. I know there's something, traffic or whatever. Unforeseen circumstances. So 20 minutes go by and she finally shows up with her bridesmaids and her mom. And you can see on their faces something really happened. So she put on her, well, I'm just going to back up. Gentlemen, do you know it's not easy for women to get prepared for the wedding. Because for, new, for us, it's like, okay, well, we put on the clothes, comb our hair, and boom, that's done. No, for them, it's hair and makeup, and then you have to put on the robe, okay? The wedding dress. And so as they're zipping up the wedding dress, the zipper breaks and falls off, okay? And so they're trying to figure out how to get back on. They can't. And so, of course, there's panic because she doesn't have anything to properly wear for her wedding. And then the videographer says, well, I know uh, a tailor who could help us. <laughs> so they jump into the videographer's little car, the bride, the mom, and the two bridesmaids, and they go driving off on a hot day with his video equipment, his cameras, and he didn't have air conditioning. And the tailor said, I can't fix this in time. But what I can do, I can sew you into the dress. And she said, do it. And so she shows up at the church, and I see on her face, okay, we're in no rush. I'd ask you to go downstairs to the basement, take some time, get some water, cool down. 
When you're ready, we'll begin. Beautiful wedding, and they're still together after all these years, a couple of kids, and they moved away. Do you know that the Bible begins and ends with a wedding? The first wedding is the book of Genesis between the first man and the first woman, and God brings the woman to the man. And it is a wedding because we read that is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two become one body. The second wedding at the very end of the Bible is in the book of Revelation. Now, this is a spiritual wedding. It's not a physical wedding. It's not a human wedding. It is a wedding of the Lamb, where Jesus is the Lamb, and his bride is the church. So this is what we're all working towards, that eternal celebration where God and his church are together for all eternity. Marriage is really important for God. God likes weddings. He likes celebrations. A marriage is about mutual love, mutual sharing and communication. It's an intimate relationship which the Bible likes to call a covenant. We can have a covenant between one another, as in a marriage. We can have a covenant between God and ourselves. And so again, it's a mutual bond. We don't break covenants. Contracts, on the other hand, are based on conditions. You don't follow the condition, you haven't followed the contract, and the contract in theory, can fall apart. We see in the gospel that the parable refers to the king preparing a wedding for his son. He invites his friends to come, and they give their excuses why they don't want to come. But he's not going to stop because he wants to celebrate because it's a joyful occasion for his son. So he says to his servants, go out to the streets Take anybody. But the goal is to fill up the wedding room, the celebration, to have as many people with us. The invitation to the wedding is faith. Because the word of God was preached by the prophets and the apostles first in Palestine to the people of God so that they would have faith. And then through that, it was later offered to the entire world and continues to be preached everywhere, in every country, in every city. Where there is preaching, there is faith. Where there is faith, there is preaching. And God wants heaven, the wedding of his son in the church, to be filled with the greatest number of participants. But what is this wedding garment that we see in the gospel? What is this wedding robe that the people invited are supposed to wear? So for us, in our circumstances, a wedding garment, a wedding robe is what the bride wears. Well, certainly she's dressed well in the biblical times, but the other people have to put on a garment because it is a sign of celebration and joy. It's a sign of wanting to be part of everything going on. 
So a garment in the biblical sense is a conversion that happens in one's heart. We want faith to turn into action. And I'm going to put up a little slide. Let's see if it works. I've never done this before. I'm going to ask Mark. Okay, there we go. Okay, it's very hard to read, I think. So I'll read it out loud. So we're talking about a garment in biblical sense that represents conversion, a transformation, going from sinfulness to holiness and righteousness. So Paul the Apostle will say, for all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Okay? So baptism is like putting on a garment. And we see also in Ephesians, put on the new self, created in God's way, in, holy, in righteousness and holiness of truth. If you've had the opportunity to go to a baptism, you see that at the end of a baptism, for a child or for an adult, they receive a garment. And that garment represents the life of God in them and the transformation. In certain cultures, the little robe that the baby wore, and if it's a girl, they take that robe and that becomes her veil that she wears on her wedding day. Because they want to show the connection between baptism and the wedding. It's a beautiful imagery. So in the gospel, the king shows up to the celebration and he sees somebody who is invited and they're not wearing the wedding robe. So what happened? They got it, but he took it off. So in this case, it's like we've received God's grace at baptism, but through our own doing, through our own negligence, we've let the grace go. It's disappeared. And so this is something that we receive. We can't get it ourselves. We have to receive it from the host. So the poor guy in the gospel took off his garment. The king asks him what happened, and he has nothing to say. Because it's a complete tragedy. There's no words to describe losing the grace of God. But nevertheless, if we ever do lose the grace of God, we can always gain it back. But with you is found forgiveness, O God of Israel. I told you about that young couple who got married. And this guy, without getting too much detail, he had a very close relationship with his buddies. They would go once a year traveling together and have an adventure, you know, go different places. And his buddies and he would like to revel. You know, I'd hate to say it, they were kind of like adult, uh, teenagers, you know. And so after the wedding, his best friend calls me up and says, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, yeah, I'll meet up with you for coffee. And he said, uh, you know, I was the best man at the wedding. He's my best friend. And he doesn't come out with us anymore. He doesn't see us as much. And uh, he doesn't want to travel with us anymore. And these guys are married. 
And then I said, okay, um, I don't know why, but I'll go talk to him and see what's going on. And so I went to talk to the couple. And he said, Father, you told me when I got married, my number one priority was my wife and my future children. And I'm doing that now. I've changed. So he had a conversion. He had a transformation. When he got married, he's like, I'm going to leave my past habits, even though it's fun, even though these are my buds, I'm going to put that aside because I'm changed. I'm different. I'm married. I have different priorities. And you know what? I don't think that's the best way if I do those things or even just hang out with people like that that's good for my family. And I was speechless. Because yes, I said it to him, you know, prioritize your family, but I didn't see at what point he would take it so seriously and change. So I ask you, where are you in regards to this celebration, this wedding that awaits us in heaven? Have you received an invitation of faith if so, have you responded to the invitation? Have you also lived a sincere conversion? What, was that, what would that conversion look like for you? I know I try daily to think about holiness. I try to think about what I need to change in my life with regards to God. I think about heaven. I think also about Am I taking off the garment? Am I losing grace? Am I going to be that silent guy in the celebration who has nothing to say? And the king will say, you have to leave. I know God wants to fill up all the places in the celebration and every single person in the streets is invited. We are friends of God. We need to go out and invite the other people to faith, here in this parish, we have so many activities, Alpha, Catch the Wave, Atrium, and Camino, in order that people might be invited. But again, it's a free choice. Once the person's invited, we all have to say, well, I want to change. This garment is absolutely beautiful. The grace of God is what is the most important thing in my life, and I'm happy to live it. Amen.